What is up, Bruins fans? Welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily Boston Bruins podcast where we discuss all things black and gold, as well as take a look at some news and notes from around the NHL and touch on some pop culture news from time to time as well. Now, if you're like me, you are perhaps overwhelmed with the amount of hockey news that came out on Monday as NHL training camps uh, got underway once again. There was a lot of Bruins things to touch on as well, and I'll try to cover the highlights concisely here for you today. Before we get into all that, I want to remind you that the podcast is available on any podcast app that is available to you on your smartphone or smart speaker. Please subscribe, download, listen, and enjoy on a daily basis. And if you could also rate and review, that would be very much appreciated as well. If you're on Twitter, you can follow the show uh, at LO underscore Boston Bruins. You can find me at Ian C. McLaren. And if you're more into long-form feedback, feel free to email me at LockedOnBostonBruins at gmail.com or McLaren at gmail.com. There's a lot to touch on from day one of Bruins training camp, so let's get right to it. Bruce Cassidy and the boys were back on the ice at Warrior Ice Arena, uh, beginning practice. Bruce Cassidy kind of said it's not really a training camp. They're taking it uh, a bit, not more seriously, but kind of getting right down to business, knowing that time is limited and that uh, they will be playing their first meaningful game in less than three weeks against the Philadelphia Flyers up here in Toronto as part of the round robin seeding round of the NHL's return to play plan. Now practice lines a bit different because a couple of players were missing. Uh, the first line consisted of Brad Marchand, Patrice Bergeron and Carson Kuhlman. Second line, Jake DeBrusque, David Krejci, Anders Bjork, the third line, Nick Ritchie, Charlie Coyle, Sean Corrali. On the fourth line, we had Joachim Nordstrom, Parlin Lindholm, Chris Wagner, and then Paul Carey, Jack Stanika, Zach Senishin forming the AHL line as the fifth unit. On defense, Zdeno Chara, Charlie McAvoy, Tori Krug, Brandon Carlo, Matt Grizzlick, Jeremy Lozon. I mentioned yesterday that is likely the top six that we'll see right out of the gate for the Bruins as that... Uh, you know, those pairings were rolling at a very high level right before the break. The extras were uh, John Moore, Connor Clifton, Jacob Zborl, Yerho Vakanainen was not on the ice today. And then in net, we had Rask, Halak, and Legacy. Now, you might have noticed that a couple big names were not mentioned in that. And that would be David Pasternak and Andre Kasha, who were, they were among six players on the roster that were not in attendance. Also, Trent Frederick, Anton Bleed, Yerho Vakanainen, and Dan Vlader. As it pertains to Pasternak and Kasha, they went back to the Czech Republic during the pause, and it was for that reason that they were not present at practice on Monday. The league's new protocol, um, they say, you know, they're unable to practice, unable to be here, unfit to play. That wasn't the case. They are simply... um, going through the testing, the necessary quarantine in order to pass through the protocols that are in place for players to join practice. 
Um, a bunch of the guys had already been in town participating in the Phase 2 voluntary workouts. And Pasternak and Kasha uh, were late comers to Boston. So um, they could be back at practice as early as today, Tuesday, July 14th. As I mentioned, Carson Kuhlman skated in place of David Pasternak and Anders Bjork occupied what we expect to be um, Andre Kasha's spot on the second line. And it was Bjork, in fact, that head coach Bruce Cassidy pointed out as one of the more impressive players on the first day of uh, training camp, which is kind of noteworthy considering Bjork had been scratched a few times prior to the break and seemed to be not necessarily in the doghouse, but kind of on the outs when it came to, uh, yeah, the regular daily lineup. So that could bode well for Bjork's position in the lineup and to get a starting spot when play resumes. He had looked pretty good at some times during the season as a uh, a very reliable two-way forward uh, in his first full season at the NHL. And uh, this is what Bruce Cassidy said, um, qualifying it by saying you've got to be careful that you don't rush to judgment early on. But, for example, Anders Bjork looked terrific. Maybe the best guy out there today. It is day one, so we're automatically going to say, okay, he's in with player so-and-so. It's good for him. I mean, there's competition here. I think our guys understand that. They've understood it for a couple years. Obviously, Bergeron is not going anywhere in the lineup. We know that. There are some spots, however, that we've rotated different guys in and out. We've put guys in the press box for the odd night to let them know, hey, listen, we expect a little better here and there, and that won't change. So it was good to see that uh, Bjork seemed to have taken that message to heart during the break, stayed in shape, and stood out to Bruce Cassidy uh, when it came to guys who, yeah, looked good right out of the gate. And that could bode well for him, Uh getting a spot. Obviously, I don't think he'll play on the second line, but I could see him on a third line with uh, with a Charlie Coyle, for example, um, where he had been playing at some points prior to the break. On a general level, Bruce Cassidy seemed to be pretty pleased with what he saw from the whole group. Uh, he said they looked really good, to be honest. I thought our guys had excellent pace. Execution was pretty good for our first practice. I know a lot of guys have been working, skating, but still as a group, a lot of bodies out there, and I thought the willingness to work was excellent. Guys were in a good mood. It reminded me a lot of our practices during the year where guys were working hard, taking care of business, but enjoying themselves, having fun, chirping each other. So kind of where we left off in terms of mood, I really liked it. That was one of the things that served the Bruins well right out of the gate this season was that continuity, uh, that Example set from the leadership group that includes Bergeron, Zdeno Chara, Tori Krug, Brad Marchand. Um, it's a really tight group. They know what's at stake here, not only in terms of uh, being responsible off the ice in order to actually play, but also uh, the opportunity that was lost last year and that they want to make good on this season. So um, I would expect to continue to see a very focused group here. Um, there are some decisions to be made in terms of lineup shuffling, as I mentioned. So 
There are some guys who need to step up, who need to work extra hard in order to keep themselves in Bruce's good graces and to earn that roster spot for when the games uh, are played. I would expect there will be some lineup shuffling during the round robin just to uh, make sure everybody gets some game action prior to the playoffs. Uh, But that's certainly one storyline to keep an eye on throughout training camp is the line combinations and uh, who secures the spots alongside Charlie Coyle on the third line, whether Andre Kasha can get up to speed and gel with what we assume to be DeBrusque and Krejci on the second line and who those fourth line guys will be. Uh, But uh, encouraging signs from our Bruins early on here in the first day of training camp. The other big storyline that emerged from day one of training camp was uh, a Zoom call that Tori Krug not didn't host but took part in uh, with Bruins Media, kind of addressing uh, the CBA agreement, his status as a pending unrestricted free agent, and kind of his mindset heading into the return to play. Uh, To begin, he said that he was in on every single one of the phone calls, uh, going through different scenarios as it pertained to the CBA extension. He believes it's a good deal for the players to get something to protect us in the short term, that was a quote, in order to have long-term success as a league. He thinks it's a good deal. He's happy both sides ratified it so we can move on uh, to return to play. Now, a big part of that, as we all know, is that it's a flat cap for next season and the salary cap will be a big factor when it comes to Krug re-signing with the Boston Bruins. He went on to say, as far as myself, I don't really know what's going to happen. I'm just trying to take it day by day, worry about the playoffs right now. I'll have to probably prepare for free agency, and we'll have to see what happens. But in terms of what's going on with the Bruins and everything, that's probably a question for someone else. That, to me, to many others is leaving the door open for the Bruins and Krug to have his contract expire and for him to hit the open market. While it's possible that they could come to an agreement between now and the start of return to play, Krug indicated he's willing to discuss that during this training camp part, but once they do hit the ice for games, uh, it will be kind of off the table for the time being, meaning, um, you know, his contract could just straight up expire and the Bruins uh, risk losing him on the open market as an unrestricted free agent. Um, Krug reiterated that he loves Boston and, you know, he would like to stay there. It's pretty clear, but um, he will have potentially a lot to consider as an unrestricted free agent if teams come calling with more than what the Bruins are willing to offer. He said, anytime you're winning and you're doing your job well, that kind of makes everything else line up in life. For me, family's the number one thing. My priorities have changed quite a bit being a husband and a father. It's quite a change where your priorities lie. You have to think about schools. You have to think about quality of life, living in certain climates, things like that. These are all something that you take into consideration and we'll see. But I think at the end of the day, competing and being part of core and a leadership group 
has all been important to me. You try to build something and be part of something special. You always want to do that. There's lots of things go that go into it, so we'll see. Right now, I'm just focused on this group right here and hopefully winning a championship. Then I'll have to prepare for whatever's to come after that. So clearly, there's a lot going on in his mind right now. He's thinking, you know, if, if all things being equal, the Bruins present the best place for him, not only in terms of familiarity, uh, to be part of a leadership group, and to, you know, be part of a competitive team that has the ability to compete for the Stanley Cup for at least a few more years while this core remains intact, uh, including Marshan, Bergeron, and Pasternak still fairly early on in his career. Uh, but those three, with Tuka Rask specifically, still have a handful of years left in them uh, at the very least. Uh, and maybe David Krejci in that group as well, although he'll be an unrestricted free agent uh, next summer. It is believed that he could, Krug that is, command, you know, anywhere between 7 and $9 million on the open market. There's kind of this unspoken rule in Boston that uh, you won't have a salary that's much more than, you know, what Bergeron, Marchand, Pasternak are meeting in the high sixes. Rask and Krejci are in the sevens, uh, but they both will be free agents after next summer. And so that ceiling is kind of set as a precedent for uh, the other guys. Whether or not Krug wants to stay near the low side of seven in order to stay with Boston remains to be seen. And we'll have to see what the ceiling will be on any offers made to him as an uh, unrestricted free agent. Some team could come in that has the cap space, maybe on the verge of competing, and you know um, could offer him that. I think of say a team like the Montreal Canadiens, who he's been tied to. If they lose out in the first round, get the first round pick, can throw Krug in there. You got Price, Weber in the mix. Um, that could be a tantalizing landing spot for him, to be quite honest. Um, so we'll have to see, really. Uh, he reiterated again, once the puck drops and we start playing games, I'm just going to focus on that. Anything up to that point, we'll see if anything can work out. But once we drop the puck, I'm going to focus on that and reevaluate things afterwards. I just let my play do the talking. And, you know, I really think the family will be on his mind, seeing as he has uh, a daughter who just turned one years old, and he could be potentially up apart from them for, you know, two, two and a half months between uh, the beginning of the playoffs in Toronto and then hopefully as the Bruins move to Edmonton for the conference finals and the Stanley Cup final. Uh, he said, my daughter is going to be almost 14, 15 months by then. She's already changing so much by the day. I can't imagine what it's going to be like not seeing her for two months, let alone the health concerns and everything that goes along with COVID and what we're going through. So that will be tough, he admitted, the family aspect. It's important for every single guy, specifically on our team, to have the families be involved and be included, just to take that into account. However you can, because family is so important to the team and each player. So family will be as big of a consideration for Krug as anything when it comes to free agency. I should add that I believe families will be allowed to join the players' 
for the conference finals and the Stanley Cup final um, once that goes to Edmonton. He also has to think about the risk involved in you know getting sick or getting injured during this time. He said being a free agent going into the situation is definitely risky. I'd be lying to you if I said it's not having three or four months off and then going into the most intense hockey you could possibly play at any level. There's always risk for injury no matter when you play, but certainly in this moment, you don't have the normal training that you do, the preparation, all the work to make sure your body feels good and you can go in there without any worries. That makes me think maybe despite all he's saying here, maybe it would be a priority for him to re-sign during this training camp period so that you know he is locked down by the Bruins. He has that sense of security knowing that he'll be taken care of for one, two, three, four, five years, um, and that if he is injured during this time, that it won't affect his status as a free agent. Something to think about, although I don't know if either side would want to rush into a decision just to have kind of that insurance uh, on either side. He admitted, again, we'll have to ramp up here, so anytime you have a chance to compete for the Stanley Cup, you take it every time you get it. Hopefully we can do that as a group, enjoy each other's company in the bubble up there, and hopefully come home with something we can hang our hat on. If indeed he is going to be hitting the open market, I'm sure he would love to end his tenure with the Bruins as a Stanley Cup champion. Um, and then, you know, if it's not able to work between both parties to uh, kind of fly off to greener pastures uh, financially and term-wise, at least, uh, with that sense of completion um, as a member of the Boston Bruins. So, yeah, huge storyline for the Bruins. Uh, he, along with Jake DeBrusque, I think, are the big free agents to watch for the Bruins. DeBrusque we touched on last week and is also in a bit of a different situation, seeing as he's a uh, restricted free agent, doesn't quite have the leverage that Krug does. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was interesting to, to hear Krug speak here on uh, or, uh, on Monday afternoon and to kind of see the wheels turning publicly that it's quite likely that he will become an unrestricted free agent and entertain offers other than what Don Sweeney uh, and Cam Neely have for him. Uh, and that would be, yeah, that would be heartbreaking, to be honest. I've really come to admire uh, Tori Krug, both on and off the ice, um, and it would be very sad to see him play for another team. But again, uh, I believe he has every right to make Whatever decision is best for him and for his family, first and foremost, um, that's obviously his right as an unrestricted free agent. And uh, I will not harbor any ill will if he decides to move along. Although I do hope he is a Bruin for life. And I'm sure uh, many, if not all of you, will, uh, will co-sign that alongside with me. Let's finish off with some news and notes from around the hockey world, as I do here on the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. First of all, I wanted to give a shout out to the Edmonton Oilers, who paid tribute to teammate Colby Cave in their first day of training camp. Cave, of course, was a former member of the Boston Bruins, and he passed away in April after suffering a brain bleed. Uh, they had uh, Colby's 
name and picture posted on the scoreboard above the ice in Edmonton. And uh, the first day of camp was dedicated to him. Uh, Connor McDavid said, it's the first time we've all been together in a big group since Colby passed. And obviously those emotions are still very fresh. Again, when the Oilers skated out before their first practice, the scoreboard above center ice displayed his picture and said, we skate for Colby. Um, I was also looking on uh, Instagram and came across uh, Emily Cave's feed, uh, who is Colby's wife. And she was wearing these really cool um, hoodie with um, Caver kind of emblazoned in the Bruins logo. Um, I looked into it. If you go to uh, saucehockey.com, you can find those hoodies and shirts uh, with the, yeah, C in the Bruins logo. And it says Caver. It says, we are truly honored and privileged to partner with Emily to create this unique collection to help keep Colby's memory alive within the hockey community and beyond. Proceeds from these will go to the Colby Cave Memorial Fund, which will assist in community programs with an emphasis on mental health initiatives and providing access to sports for underprivileged children. Emily, on the uh, page for the shirt says, I would like to thank everyone for your support on the Oilers edition of the Colby Cave merchandise. Colby and I were grateful to be part of two incredible hockey organizations during his career. We want to honor Colby's time with the Bruins organization as well as their incredible fans and continue the spirit of Colby with this new collection. So if you're interested, uh, go over to saucehockey.com. Donations to the Colby Cave Memorial Fund can also be made at edmontonoilers.com slash Colby. And I'm uh, definitely going to be ordering one of these shirts as soon as I can. Elsewhere, obviously, COVID-19 was a big storyline as training camp began on Monday. Toronto Maple Leafs star center Austin Matthews confirmed the report that he had contracted COVID-19 during the break. He said he was asymptomatic during his two weeks of self-quarantine, and he's now fully healthy. He couldn't really pinpoint how and when he contracted the virus. If you recall, a couple weeks ago, there was a bit of a stir on hockey Twitter as Steve Simmons of the Toronto Sun uh, reported that he had come down with COVID-19. And there was a lot of talk about kind of the uh, privacy issues around that. Um, So Matthews confirming that report. And I agree that it should be up to the player to uh, kind of release that news and and not up to, um, you know, various members of the media to dig around and, and name the players who test positive for COVID-19. And having said that, the NHL, they are sticking to this unfit-to-play language for players who um, aren't practicing or playing. And it's kind of through a process of elimination that we might be able to see who is uh, testing positive for COVID-19. Now unfit to play could also mean concussions or injuries of a various sort, but it leads to a lot of speculation and and I'm not sure that's the best way to go ahead with it. The league did reveal a total of 30 positive cases among the 600 players that participated in phase two. Uh, That's amid 
almost 5,000 tests administered to those 600 players. So 30 out of 600 is about a 5% um, rate of positive uh, tests, which isn't great. Um, And I don't know if we're going to see a bump in that as players gather together in more close quarters and, you know, on the ice, getting a bit more physical with one another. Uh, So that's definitely something to keep an eye on. I had mentioned yesterday about some Montreal Canadiens who reportedly test positive. I think a couple of those were false positives. Um, And also nine Pittsburgh Penguins were held out of practice Monday after coming in contact with someone who was in contact with someone who tested positive for COVID-19. So uh, yeah, just a very tenuous situation right now. And um, again, it was a successful first day of practice for the Bruins. And we'll see if that trend continues and things stay safe enough for games to actually be played here in a couple weeks. I think that's pretty much it for the hockey news for today as it pertains to our Bruins. I did finish watching Halt and Catch Fire, which was on Netflix, uh, an old AMC show, which I really very much enjoyed. Um, I can't recommend that highly enough if you're looking for something to watch until hockey comes back. We also finished season two of Billions last night, and I'm excited to see uh, where that goes moving forward. Although I have heard that the latest season, I guess season five, isn't as strong. Uh, but, you know, I'm in it now, so looking forward to to seeing how that feud between Bobby Axelrod and Chuck Rhodes plays out. Thanks so much for taking some time to listen to today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Again, my name is Ian McLaren. You can find me on Twitter at ENC McLaren. Follow the show at LO underscore Boston Bruins. Now do check out the Locked On NHL podcast for some more great hockey content over there. And we will be back tomorrow with a wrap up of day two of Bruins training camp and any other news and notes from our black and gold and uh, the NHL at large. Take care, friends. Have a great Tuesday. Talk to you later.